HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This piece was brought to you by Roberta's, robertaspizza.com. Hey, Food Radio listeners. I'm HRN's Executive Director, Katie, and I'm really excited to share that we're launching a brand new show. Meat and 3 is HRN's weekly food news roundup. Tune in for a deep dive and three tasty shorts every Friday evening. It's 15 minutes, so you can listen while you wait for your pizza. This week, the fight for universal free lunch in New York City public schools isn't over yet. I'm overburdened. I'm overworked. I don't get staffed when people are out. Plus, Dana Cowan, former editor of Food & Wine magazine and host of HRN's Speaking Broadly, catches up with Valerie Lomas, the winner of The Great American Baking Show's Derailed Season 3. Discover how a Danish brewery is motivating people to get fit. And hear Allison Roman speak to the highs and lows of her cookie recipe going viral. Every time I see anyone in a social setting, that's generally the first thing they ask me is, how are the cookies? Be better informed and wildly inspired by the stories and people you hear on Meet and 3. Find us on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Hey, I'm Jimmy Carboni. I'm the host of the show, and today is Tuesday, May 19th, 2018. We've got some great guests joining us tonight. There's a little bit of a, a Long Island Beer Week theme, just because our breweries are from Long Island, but it, this show really came about uh, based on our good buddy, writer, Nico Kremitis, and uh, he did, wrote some great articles, uh, one of them for Hop Culture about Sand City Brewing and um, that's kind of the impetus for the show. So we've got Nico. Everyone go around and say, say who they are. Uh, hey, Jimmy. How are you? Uh, this is Nico Kermitis, uh, freelance writer and currently a guest on Beer Sessions Radio. Great. And whoever's next is going to pour all the beers. And then we got guys from I Barrier. Am not pour, I'm not pouring all the beers. Uh, Mike Descrafino, Barrier Brewing Company. You know what's great, Mike, is that our, our buddy Ethan, who's our listener who, who logs every beer that we taste is on Untapped under Beer Sessions Radio. He said, Barrier is my favorite brewery. I love it. I all like right. this guy. <laughs> so my name is Gage Siegel, beermenus.com, and that guy is my mortal enemy. I'm trying to push you guys. You guys should be tracking all the beers we taste on air. Fight. I'm uh, Chris Candiano from Destination on Beer Company, a.k.a. Dubco. 
That's great, man. You, you're you're a surprise guest for me, and uh, another like great new brewery on Long Island. What what town are you guys in? We're uh, in Bayshore, down the South Shore. That's great, man. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. And one of our favorite uh, beer bar guys who knows a lot about beer. Hi, I'm Brian Wingett. I work for Barrier Brewing. And you switch. You've worked at Bar- Barcade a long time, and uh, uh, just shy of seven years. Yeah, yeah. So we've been trying to get you on for a long time. So you can hear Brian's voice a lot today. We're gonna have him. Uh, <laughs> Weigh in on tasting beers and I hear everything. the sound of me drinking a lot. And the whole theme of the show is from Nico's article on hop culture. The guys from Northport, Long Island, who've uh, they're making big names for themselves, and everyone's excited to try their beer tonight. Welcome, Sand City. Well, thanks for having us, Jimmy. My name is Kevin Seiler, uh, Sand City Brewing Company, and uh, I'm Bill Kiernan. It's great for having, great for being here. All right. It's funny because we were out, out at the bar at Roberta's earlier, and I walked in and I looked at Nico had posted on uh, Instagram a photo from Hop Culture of, of these guys from San City. And I figured one was the other, and of course I got their names mixed up. But we have a lot of attractive guys over there. It's easy. <laughs> well, you guys are great. Well, Nico, you know, um, you've been covering, you know, beer in the New York area, Long Island area for years. Um, you know, this article for Hop Culture, it was a big deal. Um, just give us a sense of what Sand City is to you and, you know, what that article was about. Yeah, so, uh, you know, to me and I think a lot of other people on Long Island, not only on Long Island, but uh, now across the country are recognizing Sand City as one of the, you know, the foremost producers of IPA, you know, namely the New England style, the hazy style, Northeastern style, whatever you want to call it. And uh, recently, um, the the reason for the article... Um, Sand City's tap room had uh, been closed by the by the, the village of Northport, and uh, so I decided to you know have a chat with with Kevin uh, about you know how that affects the brewery, um, you know because obviously you know uh, the the brewery produces a kind of is puts out a lot of IPAs and and in the model of uh, limited releases uh, through. You know, line culture, and uh, and that's kind of popular across the country right now. Is uh, waiting online for limited edition releases of uh, IPAs. Waiting in line for cans. Waiting in line for brunch. Why do you guys exactly. do that, man? I mean, I, I always thought I was in the industry. I'm cool. I can cut the lines. I don't have to go to brunch on a Saturday. I don't have to wait in line on Saturday. So are people making you wait in line for their beer, Jimmy? You're not better than that. I just don't go to the <laughs> lines, but it is a new thing. And you're saying because of this. It, it's changed the, the model for these businesses. So, like, Kevin, when you guys first opened in Northport, I'm sure they had open arms and welcome you because you're a, you know, a craft brewery. You're also a farm, a farm brewery license, too, right? Right, right, right. We have our dual license now. Uh, yeah, when we first opened, I mean, um, you know, the town has been ultimately very supportive. It's just we ran into a couple hiccups recently. Um, and I think that's just, you know, the, the culture of, of, of being in a small village, uh, a mixed-use village where we do have residential neighbors, so there's going to be certain complaints about, you know, I mean, what we're doing here, we're manufacturing beer, so it's an industrial environment, um, and we are, you know, we were never expecting to have these, uh, these lines for our can releases, and all of a sudden, you know, on a, sa- on a Saturday or Sunday morning, there's 300 people showing up, and they've got to kind of wait somewhere. So it draws attention. And um, How many people did you expect to have in your tap room before the whole can thing happened? One million. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, we had no idea. I mean, we opened our doors, and I think like any, any entrepreneur, you open your doors, you literally cross your fingers that someone's going to show up. 
And when you see people walking into your your business, uh, it's amazing. And then the first weekend we opened up, and that's what was happening. And it really just never died down for us. So uh, so we sort of hit the ground running, um, which is why you know I think we've probably you know probably um, ran into some issues because uh, we you know we weren't quite expecting the growth that we uh, that we've seen. So. Yeah, no, and that's amazing. And uh, Nico, I know you captured that. You mentioned alchemists kind of starting this trend in uh, yeah, in Vermont. And, and I think what's interesting now is you know in this room we have three three of the the uh, the breweries on Long Island that are drawing these types of lines for their limited releases, uh, namely so Sand City and also Barrier and Dubco. All of these breweries are Toast. producing. You know, really taste the IPAs that uh, that people want to queue up for and, and get their hands on. Yeah, we got Mike, Mike, and uh, Brian are here from uh, Barrier. I think a first beer is that a Barrier? That yeah, that's uh, our most recent collab with Sand City. Um, that it, is cool. Is that so appropriate for the show, guys. Watch Kudos. Yeah. <laughs> I'll get you, Nico. Oh, you, oh, you want beer? Well, <laughs> yeah, we we also. We also recently collabed with uh, with Dubco, so yeah, yeah. Looking forward to that beer coming out as well. And Gage, aren't you going to rag on Nico throughout the whole show? Oh well, he he already beat me to it. Nico's wearing a suit. Everybody, if you can't, you know, just picture it. But there will be a a radio. It's a suit for radio. (laughs) It's it's very loud though. You look great. It is a very nice suit, and he looks good in suits. Is that sharks? And Mike, I'm going to give a shout out to Barry. I mean, you got you got Brian Wingett now working with you, but yes, you know, you're a great sales rep. And for me, you know, Barry was the first kind of New York City region, uh, you know, microbrewery that that captured my attention. Um, I was dedicated to you guys, and I feel like, you know, there was a time probably around 2011, well, people said, you know, if there's a good beer seal bar, what's the criteria? It's like, do they carry barrier? Well, it's funny, because when, when, when we were young and started, like, nobody wanted IPAs that were hazy, so if we gave them a mild hazy IPA, they would return it. So it's just funny to see where the industry's at. Now, of course... There's a whole different flavor. But did people now. really the beer, notice? The beers are different. It seems I can't even remember. People notice if a if an IPA was cloudy or not. I always thought it mm-hmm. was like just if it was hoppy. No, I think I think I think cloudiness was definitely something that people looked at. Um, you know, people wanted a clear IPA, and I and I think that represented the if you want to call it the 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 skill that the brewer had. You know, to to create an IPA that had that clarity in it. Brian, did you ever? You worked at Barcade a long time. You handled a lot of beers. Did these issues ever come up? I, I never. It's funny now. Like someone say, "Oh, my IPA is cloudy." Is something wrong with that? I think it's absolutely the the pendulum just swinging to an opposite end of the spectrum. You look at the state of the industry a decade ago, and the sort of the the standard was you want your IPA to be clear. And you know, we've seen how many different trends in IPAs over the past ten years. We had a, a prominent West Coast IPAs. People got into double IPAs. You had black IPAs that were kind of flash in the pan. You had brown IPAs were there for even less time. I was time. a big fan of black IPAs. <laughs> bring on right the glitter IPAs. Just bring bad. them on. <laughs> yeah, black was cloudy. I want <laughs> the glitter. <laughs> black beer matters, you know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, but this is a great beer. So uh, you guys want to talk about the collaboration briefly, Kevin? So who, who was in on this beer? Who made the beer? So it, it was made at Barrier, but in, brewed in conjunction with Sand City. So we've done about, what we do, Kevin? Four, five collabs? Four collabs so far? Like two at each place so far? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I so think we're, we're up to four. Right? Yeah, they, they're pretty, you know, they're straightforward in the sense of what everybody wants. Double dry hopped or all the hops that people want. 
juice bombs. Um, our IPAs tend to be just a tad bit more bitter because we like to have that. Just that's kind of our style. We like to keep a little bit of the West Coast style, but you know they're hazy, they're murky, but we have a nice balance of juice and softness with a touch of bitterness. Um, Great, yeah. and guys. Let's keep popping beers too. I'm just trying to get everybody introduced. Uh, so uh, Gage and Chris from Dubco. I'm calling you Dubco. Yeah, please. Um, please do. Just you guys are you're a new brewery. Tell us about about Dubco. Yeah, we actually uh, we just celebrated our three year anniversary uh, last week on May seventh. Um, three years. Three years. Wow. Yeah, we uh, we're one of the smaller guys. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Cheers. Um, we're one of the smaller guys around in the game. Um, we have a three barrel. We just uh, took over the rest of our building. We're upgrading uh, to a ten. So that should uh, kind of help us out a little bit. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm happy to be in the room with these guys. Uh, I remember uh, I lived in Rockville Center about 10 years ago when Barrier first opened, and I was into homebrewing and stuff. That was like the, the place to go, you know, even back then. I think, uh, what have you guys been open now? That's seven, eight years? Uh, in 2009. 2009, almost 10 years, yeah. So I used to go hang out in that, that back tap room with Evan and... Uh, you know, they, I think you guys started out with a one-barrel system as well, one, right? One barrel, yeah. We were on Lawson, yep. and then we moved it down to uh, New Street, which is like five minutes away. Yeah, Went so these guys line. were kind of my, you know, inspiration to finally start my own brewery. You know, when we opened, we were on a little tiny one-barrel glorified homebrew set. They were, Barrow was my inspiration to keep drinking more. Yeah, that too. <laughs> you know that, but old school. I think what's what's most incredible about these two dudes, So sorry, you can't see the order we're sitting in, but it's but Sand City and Dubco are both to my left, is that when they opened, you guys both flew through beer to the point where you couldn't keep it in the tap room, and as I understand, continues to be an issue because you are so popular, and I think that speaks volumes about craft beer and the quality of the craft beer being produced at this point. Yeah, I go back to what Kevin was saying earlier, you know, when he first opened up, Honestly, my partner and I sat there waiting for people to come in. It was the scariest moment of my life. Like, are people actually going to come and drink our beer? Is this a good idea or not? And we were blessed and lucky enough that, you know, since day one, you know, and it's not just like our friends and our family and our hangers on, you know, like the actual public comes and hangs out and supports us and drinks our beer. But you guys have to admit, so the New York State has been good. Like, there's been reforms. People can actually go and, and buy beer at your place, like a tap room. That's a huge change, and we everyone couldn't agrees exist with that. Those, so basically, all the models you're talking about is that. Because I know when Barry opened, that didn't exist. No, when we opened, it was we would get a few locals, which was cool, but it was a handful of, pe- of people that would support us. Um, but it was mainly distribution. So we'd ha- you know we were all kegging beer back then. So we'd have to go to like you know the and Brooklyn was our the majority of our business, Brooklyn and Manhattan, because at the time our distribution network was so small and Long Island so spread out that we were only that really handled Nassau County. You know, the majority of the time, yeah, no, I mean, we, we we hit up everywhere, but it, it would just it was and, so. And now out. I think I can I can give the secret of Barry's success. Back then, the model was oh, there's like 30 really good beer bars in New York, including Barcade and Jamie's Number 43 and other places. There weren't as many breweries though. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's and that's where you sold. In five to six yeah, years. yeah, and uh, you know, if I could just chime in, I think that's a, like a real testament to New York State, the New York State Brewers Association, Empire State Development Fund. You know, these are individuals Governor. that are. Yeah, the governor, you absolutely. you got to say governor. Go- Thanks, governor, Paul yeah, Thank you, governor. The gov. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the modern legislation has really been, you know, to promote that local industry because I think they see what kind of an incubator it can be for small towns. Uh, and I think you see that all up the Hudson Valley, all on Long Island, Bayshore, Northport, you know, all these other towns like Riverhead. You know, tremendous influx of, of, of cash. And, you know, that brings, you know, a highlight to these local other small businesses, restaurants, mom and pop shops, you know, clothing stores, you know, but uh, I think 
the big thing that's happening right now is that and you see this with with Dubco, with you know all these other Long Island breweries. Barrier is that the bar has been you know kind of rising exponentially about what is going to be the next you know good beer, the next you know kind of great use of ingredients and procedure and protocols. And I think that's a testament to the to the industry overall, but especially in New York State where there's such a huge you know per capita amount of talent. Um, of course, you know New York State represents. What's the second beer that we're drinking? I know you just poured it for me, Bill. So I'm drinking. You're drinking oops, I think. This is, uh, oops, I hopped like my pants at the same time. Yeah. But say it again. What am I drinking? Oops, I oh, hopped my, my pants. <laughs> and who made that beer? Uh, it's Sand City. Sand City as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, it, it's hopped with uh, you got Columbus Centennial Chinook and Summit. Beautiful so, hops that everyone hates on and absolutely nuts. Absolutely. So <laughs> that's Mike. So Mike, let's ask Mike because Mike's, Mike's my buddy. I know he's an industry veteran here from Barrier. Why did Sand City, when when they opened and they hit, what is it about them that that makes Wiser beer so good? Well, I think that they're they're in an area where people were. It, there's a need for a brewery. Uh, two, they're doing they're doing beers that people are digging. It's it's not you know it's low bitterness. It's juicy. It's hazy. Um, and people are excited. People are excited about new things. And if you do it good and you do it well, they're going to stay excited and they're going to support you. Yeah. So I think Long Island, <clears throat> excuse me, had a had a lack of that in a sense where a lot of brewers were just kind of just doing their own thing, and you know that was cool and all. But I think uh, it was a lot of separation in terms of just creativity, and a lot of breweries now are coming together too. A lot of collaborations in the island. I think we're getting a lot stronger too. And, and I mean, number three is, um, you know, I know this is a, a radio station, but I mean, look at me. Look at my face. So, you oh, know, I was just boo, drawing. You can't say that when Nico's in the room. He That's looks true. so actually, good. Actually, I just want everyone to know we did just post Nico's picture onto oh, our Instagram page. Oh, dear. So, What's the Instagram, bro? Uh, Yo, did well, you tag me? Sand City Brewing Instagram page. So uh, go check it out. You'll see Nico in a suit. And he actually is still on the show right now. So, uh, Oh, Kevin, you're a sweetheart. Yeah, well, you know. I'm actually upset he Nico's not wearing his ECW shirt. No, I, I don't want to take a break, but we, we got it for some uh, purposes. We'll take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. My name is Brandon Hoy, co-owner of Roberta's, a super duper awesome place. Roberta's is a very, 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 very proud sponsor of the Heritage Radio Network. We're also super awesome. Thank you, Heritage. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage. Are we live right now, David? We sure are. That's funny. I just said, I said, I was giving Kevin from San City instructions. I said, Kevin, just keep pouring beers. And every time you pour it, just say, I just poured Jimmy this. So, Kevin. Yeah, I just poured Jimmy uh, enough already, which is um, our Goza beer. And uh, we've been doing a variety of different um, of different fruits in there. This one's blueberry and blackberry, four and a half percent Goza beer. So, it's uh, it's got a, a good bit of uh, sea salt in there, a little bit. Of coriander and uh, and then some fruit, so it's not. It, it tastes more like a classic goza, which I like. And I just so those of you listening, a little bit behind the scenes, I do have to work hard to keep the show going. But 
The one thing that's great is that guys like Kevin, first time on the show, we, we've got natural talent in the room. So cheers to you, man, as a brewer and a talker. But Thank you. What do you guys think about Gozestad? Remember the summer of 2015, Eric Asimov of New York Times wrote, and, and Brian's going to join me on this, you know, had a big article about, you know, summer of Goza. And we had a lot of fun with it. But I'm really into, like, the classic kind of German-style Gozas. And I feel like Gozas become the style that I actually hate. I hate when it's, like, limey, and I don't want lime. But this is a, this is a nice Goza. Brian, how, how has Goza been for you? Uh, I think when it <laughs> first really showed up on the market, the first one That's that I took notice of was the Anderson Valley, the, uh, the Kimmy, the Yink, and the Holy Goza. And it's come a long way, and now people are doing stupid shit like putting Ferro Rochers in their gozes. For I, I saw that <laughs> today. Oh, toasted coconut and it's yeah, a Droid Theory out of uh, Maryland, yeah. I believe. Oh, I saw that. It looks disgusting. Yes, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but a human. Head. I'm kind of for that. I I'm I'm just for creativity and brewing. I think it looked pretty kind of. I'm for whatever dumb shit you want to do once, once. Thank right. you, Gage. This I want <laughs> next. We're gonna do a show with Gage and Nico. Just kind of. Chime up, but only I, if Gage wears I, a suit. I, I care about good beer. That's the thing, and and that's like I like this goes, and I'm saying I like it. You know, it's it's funny because in 2015, suddenly it was like it hadn't been included in, in Garrett Oliver's Oxford Encyclopedia of Beer, and he was pissed that that this big article that summer was about goes. Like it's the only style that wasn't included in the Oxford Encyclopedia of Beer, but suddenly everyone's making one. So, I know, keep going with it, guys. Yeah, I, I just we, want a uh, good one. I, I, goes doesn't just mean. Cheap sour beer. Absolutely not. Um, you know, when we opened Dubco about three years ago, that first summer we did our our goza. We call it Gilgo. It's a local beach on South Shore Long Island. Um, you know, so we did it in the warmer months, and people tended to you know be asking for it year round. So now we made that uh, kind of a rotating series, like Kevin did with his Enough already, where we'll take our our base goza recipe, which is super traditional, you know, German style. And, um, you know, we'll rotate the fruits, um, you know, so our past one, uh, when we just did was, uh, passion fruit and guava and it was pretty well, well received, uh, PS Kev, I need some more guava, you know, next week. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's definitely a very popular style. Um, even, you know, I heard your, your, I think last week you guys were talking about the sours and then the fruited sours and lactose sours, you know, that's definitely a very popular style for us right now as an alternative and a tap room to all these IPAs and the more traditional stuff we do as well. I, you know, I think that talks a lot to the uh, the stress that breweries face facing the consumer as becoming, you know, incredibly educated about tastes, you know, and having to <clears throat> at one time kind of create, for lack of like a better term, you know, these flagship brands that can be recognizable while also simultaneously, you know, pushing the envelope. And when you when you know the stress of making a beer is that, you know, you're brewing. F- for uh, for systems like ours, you know, a couple times a week. So when you're kind of making ten barrels, twenty barrels in a in a, you know, a double brew day, you're kind of making a choice to kind of say, you know, I'm going to take this and and push it to the edge a little bit and see what happens, uh, and that could fall on its face, you know. Um, so I think it's a testament to all these guys that people keep buying their beer and enjoying it because uh, it could go in in any direction. You know, it's funny, Nico, in your article in Hop Culture. Part of your interview with with Kevin, you guys mentioned you made a, a beer with Yepe from Evil Twin, right? And what did he what did he put into the the brew tank? You know, that guy threw it was one, like a donut. Only, only he one. threw one fucking Danish in there. <laughs> only one, one, one himself. So isn't that his? Yeah, it wasn't even it wasn't even a whole Danish, right? That's so his you lucky know, charm, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. But uh, you know, we're having a good time. We're having a couple of beers during the day. So uh, so he thinks it's funny. Let's go up there and throw a Danish in. 
no problem whatsoever, <laughs> other than all of a sudden, you know, we're printing our labels up and we're like, shit, we have to we have to put on there that there's that there's nuts in this beer now. Even though it's one Danish, I mean, what are the chances anybody's you know but but again, your luck. Uh, yeah, the, your luck. Right, exactly. Very good. exactly. <laughs> Those are so, very good. Someone chances. from the village in Northport <laughs> the will definitely again. have a nut allergy yeah. and um, will die because of that beer. So, so we had to, you know, we had to register it as uh, having containing trace amounts of nuts and all that stuff. So, uh, especially since he's up there, you know, dancing around and throwing it in on Instagram. So, um, so anyway, but that that beer, uh, that beer came out great. Uh, we actually, what, what have was a that beer, Kevin? It's called Even Mo Hugga. H Y G G E. H Y G G E. Hugga. Danish can, can hospitality. Hugga. Exactly. There you go. Yeah, we know this stuff. A, a fantastic beer, I must say. We've like, got one in the fridge, so um, we can we can crack into that. Let's now. keep tasting. And on, on that note, Kevin, like it was old school days. You'd be like, oh, you, you know, you want to. Someone wants to be a, a chef and go into culinary school or start as a chef. The, someone said, oh, we're, we're going to put, Lydia Bastion has said, I'm going to put out cookies for the interview. And if they eat the cookies, they get accepted. If they don't eat the cookies, they don't get to be a chef. <laughs> and I just noticed for you, we were talking about hazy IPAs, but your, your Goza, I, I noticed you reached for the can and poured yourself a refill. What does that tell us about your Goza and the beers that you really like? <laughs> All right, well. Shameless self-promoter. <laughs> and we're videotaping. Yeah. Um... <laughs> He was hoping you'd so, notice. He only drinks his own beer. <laughs> I, I only drink, no. Sell out. No, I mean, so, you know, I, I'm a big fan of the style. Um, you know, I, I do like, so it's a series of ours enough already. And uh, it's one of the particular beers that I just really enjoy. So I've been drinking a lot of it, um, as are some of the other styles that we, some of our other non-IPA styles, I should say, um, that we brew. Because, you know, I'm all of us in this room, we do, we do brew at, a large amount of IPA beers. So, um, you know, being in a brewer, working in a brewing environment and uh, brewing those kind of beers, you know, you, you're looking for a little variety sometimes. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice over. I think, you know, there's something that's so natural. And next beer, gentlemen, let's keep going. There's, there's something so yeah. natural about, Jimmy, you know. Jimmy, you driving? We're, we're, we're talking about a I group of guys that are making Public beer. Transit. You know, of course there's going to be this desire to just throw something into this boiling pot. I mean, it just makes sense. You know, it's it's like in the nature of the the desire to kind of want to be creative. You know, I can remember when um, we were back home brewing, you know, and Kevin's the master. I was just kind of following his lead. But the number of times I would kind of, I was living with Kevin at the time, I would kind of go to the herb garden and throw in just, you know, whatever kind of You have an herb garden at the brewery? <laughs> He's making this sound a lot different than it really was. That we were living together and we had an herb garden and we were Aww. throwing it stuff into super our beer cute. together. It's what it was. I mean, There's he was pictures. renting a cottage it's in my house. He was renting a cottage in my house, and we come over once in a while, bro. All right, but Are it wasn't. Guys, we didn't share a bed. Live on Long Island. Oh yeah, we shared an herb garden. We shared an herb garden. I like this, but cheers. You it's related to the wrong and radio now, show. What kind of articles you writing over there? Nico? Us up, yeah. <laughs> I think I just found my next article. <laughs> it's like that Seinfeld episode. Well, you know, actually, when you're working together, sometimes you have to share a bed. Bruce hey, Brothers, you know, <laughs> you guys, this is a great show. What's the next beer? Let's keep it, it pouring beers. Head, head, head to foot. This is a uh, our sonar. It's um, from Dubco. It's a barrel aged saison. But my first Dubco ever. Ah, well, cheers. On air. Uh, we our, sa- our sonars what, are saison. What does Dubco mean? There's another name. Well, it's a it's an acronym for a destination unknown beer company. You know, it's that's kind of a mouthful to say. 
sound like a good idea at the time until you have to write it and type it a million times a day. So <laughs> the kids are calling it Dubco these days. <laughs> the so. kids. You got t-shirts? Yeah. They're crazy. Yeah, so um, this is our Saison. We aged in uh, uh, French Chardonnay barrels, and we added some Brett C in there. It's been sitting for about six months, just pulled it out. So it's a little something different than uh, the IPAs, like, you know, like Kevin yeah. said. They like to switch it up every now and then. How dare you switch it up? Sure. And I, I think it's yeah, interesting. Uh, Destination Unknown is actually the first brewery on Long Island to uh, have a cool ship. That is correct. Um, we got a cool ship, uh, I want to say, in like November last year. We got two of them in before uh, before uh, we couldn't uh, physically do it anymore over the winter. Um, so that's kind of our plan. You know, we're doing, like I said, we're a very small brewery, so we're able to do a lot of cool stuff. Um, like having a cool ship. Um, so Where do you put the cool ship? Is this in the we brewery? actually we have it out Next our back door, uh, and behind us is kind of like a nature preserve. So we figured that's a uh, you know a good place to kind of pick up some of these wild bacteria that uh, you know spontaneously spontaneously ferment this beer. So um, it's going to be a pretty long process. We did two of them, probably do two two or three more, and within a year, you know, start tasting them and blending them, and you know, see what we get out of it. Nico, um, you know, I've known you forever, and you've always called literally me long, forever Long Island beer. Yeah, in my life, Long Island beer scene. Um, tell me more about Chris and Dubka. I, I think uh, the breweries in this room represent the best of Long Island brewing right now, and, Thank you. and that's Thank you. Uh, whoa, that's a pretty profound statement. If I should say so Nico. myself. No, I've always looked to you, and, and uh, I appreciate you, man. I'm gonna give a big shout, Nico Comitas. You know. 10, 12 years ago, you were, you were like one of the real core guys who was writing about craft beer in New York, in New York City and the region. Jimmy, do you want to uh, start an herb garden? <laughs> yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> and share a bed? It's the uh, next step. Yeah, I, I think that's the logical next step for us. <laughs> can, can I give a shout out? Let's shout out Long Island breweries in general. I just think yeah, uh, oh, yeah. within the la- I would say in the last two or three years, it's just changed on the island. 100%. Well, what's great? I mean, my we kind of push each other, you know, like it. it we, we say it's a kind of cliche, but the rising tide, you know, raises all ships. Sure. It was kind of the Wild West for a bunch of years there. there it was, you know, breweries sporadically placed throughout the island, a couple of brew pubs. Um, the past few years, you know, a lot of these guys are popping up. You know, Kevin was there to support me when we opened, and I was there to support him when he opened. And we really do drive each other, you know, to push the best product to our customers, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, you know, such an ethic about brewing in general is that anyone who goes out there and says I and me, they're going to fail. I mean, it's it's all about the community because at the end of the day, you're drinking some beer. Um, and, you know, all these guys have been just like that, that, that sense of community. It's been incredible. Brian, how's it for you? You're, you're you know, Barcade, you were one of my, you know, diehard beer bar guys for a long time. I'm still fairly new to the Long Island scene. Uh, Cinco de Mayo marked six months with Barrier before that was an extended tour with Barcade. And so I had more of a wide grasp on the American beer culture, but not necessarily what was going on on Long Island. Uh, I moved to Brooklyn about nine years ago and rapidly started immersing myself in bar culture and craft beer culture, to be specific. I went through a bad phase in Hoboken when I was drinking a lot of questionable beers. Uh, I've come a long way from then. But you, you opened Barcade in Hoboken? Or uh, no. You were living no, there? I, I lived in Hoboken Different for a long there. time and started bartending there at a little Irish dive called Duffy's. It's now called Cork City, and they're killing the craft game over there. Uh, but moved to Hoboken. I was uh, moved to Brooklyn, rather. was had some boring desk gig for a long time and started getting into home brewing. 
brought my beer to Barcade, and they liked it enough that they offered me a gig there. So I worked there for a long time. In about a year and a half, two years, I was taking over the beverage program in Brooklyn. Uh, stayed there for about two and a half years, opened up the Chelsea spot, was there for about three, then about six months between the Jersey City and Newark spots. Um, and... Uh, no, it's great. I w- I've wanted to have you on the show for a long time. I know you worked on Tuesdays a lot. You couldn't. Yeah, scheduling live. difficulties for years on end. Well, it was just cool. There was that <laughs> bottle. It was that bottle from Dubco. Yeah. Yes. Just, so you had a bottle, bottle, and it was cool. You were the only guy with it. You had a, a bottle opener ready to go, and I saw <laughs> the, the physical. You know, the, the skill sets that we all have. You know, but when 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 you've been like working behind the counter as a bartender, He's not and, trigger shy and chefs, yeah. <laughs> but you've you've got the tools on hand, and I, and I saw his physical. You know, I always carry a bottle opener if I don't have a bottle. I always carry a lighter, yeah. even though I don't smoke. And That's, just to, just to clarify, you're saying that um, no one in New Jersey knows how to brew beer, right? <laughs> Shots fired, world star. <laughs> don't let Augie hear that. Well, th- there goes our cane collaboration. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I'm totally joking. Keep wow. going, Kevin. Wow. World star. Sorry, Logan. No. no. <laughs> I, I was actually in Asbury Park this past weekend, and I was at a decent place with a decent beer list, and they primarily had Stillwater and Evil Twin. So maybe they don't. They had main beer on Shout top. out to Magnify from Jersey, by the way. Our oh, boys. Yeah, yes. Magnify. Magnify. Awesome. They're trying to make up for their shit. But I live in Jersey, or I have to. <laughs> But you know, it's, it's good. To, I wanted to get everybody and you know talking on the show. But there's one more beer. This is another one. What, what was this one, uh, Bill? You just poured that for me. I don't know what I have you just no poured idea what that's, that's, a, like, that's a milkshake. This is yeah, a that's a milkshake IPA. Barrier, yeah. So we, we we made that for um, Christ. Christ. Burger you made it for Burgerology. <laughs> Shows my Long Island knowledge. Jesus. <laughs> um, who makes the best milkshakes, by the way, on Long Island? Not wrong. We did a, a lactose milkshake show last week, so listen to that one. But we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Like what you hear? Heritage Radio Network has plenty more. With fresh programming every week, we've got something for everyone. Trying to start your own food business? Concerned about where your food comes from? Looking for the best wine or beer to bring to a party? Find our shows on iTunes or Stitcher, or head to heritageradionetwork.org to listen live and subscribe to our newsletter. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Big shout out to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Become a member. I know these guys, this is like the, the cool horses ready to get out of the gates show. Get some great guys. The best breweries on Long Island, right, Nico? Absolutely. Barrier, Dubco, and Sand City. But I want to just say there's a new show on Heritage Radio Network called Meet and Three. It's more of a new show. There may be some beer, beer uh, content on there as well. Um, but just check it out, Heritage Radio Network. Dot org. That's why we're here. Someone asked earlier, you know, how long have you guys been on? Well, Roberta's Pizza opened, and then 2009, Crazy Patrick Martin, uh, founder of Slow Food USA, said we got to do a food uh, and and beer uh, network. So that's us, Beer Sessions Radio. All right. So guys, uh, Kevin, you pouring me? What's the next beer? Oh, it's like is, a dark hazy beer. Yeah. No. This is so. This is the Even Mohoga. This is the uh, collaboration we did with uh, Evil Twin. There's no nuts in this, right? Uh, trace amounts of nuts. All right. One nut. 
two. So does everyone have some? Nico, you need some? I, yes, I have my your nuts in my mouth. But. Now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know you have a Yepa's nuts in well, your you, mouth. You, you, have you, you have international nuts. Right. Right. You have a left there. or right. So. We don't know. Uh, in any event, so this is a uh, it's an imperial stout. Uh, left or right, Mike? Came in about fourteen and a half percent alcohol. And, uh, Did you brew this by you? That's team for yeah, you. We, we yeah, we brewed this at Sand City. Um, yeah. So. so how does it work, Ev? So like guys like Yappa, we know, International Gypsy Brewer, our buddy. When did you guys meet? Tell us the backstory on that. Um, honestly, so... Or you just know everybody. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a herb garden with everybody. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um no, so, I mean, Jeppe reached out to us uh, a while back and just said, you know, he's tried some of our stuff, enjoyed it. So then, uh, you know, we've, we've been in contact uh, over the past year or so, and finally we were able to get together and uh, brew some beer. And uh, so he headed out our way, and um, that, was, that was about it. So so you guys are trying to tell me that I should ask my friend, Jake Gyllenhaal, the actor, if he wants to be in a movie called Herb Godwin Brothers. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 listen, Jimmy, that's only going to help you. Definitely. Get in a movie with Jake Gyllenhaal. I mean, I, I'd do it. All right, we'll do I'm, I'm going to be super jealous, by the way. And who gets yeah, to drink yeah. the beer? I'll, I'll buy pre-sale tickets for that. I'm, I'm on board. But <laughs> I like this. It's a hoogie. This is a good beer. It's like, nice, yeah. yeah, and you guys are doing good stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy with every beer I've had so far. I'm actually more, more impressed at Dubco. You had this, like, six-month cool ship saison. Yeah, I mean... Um, besides, you know, like Kevin was saying, besides doing all these crazy IPAs, um, when we opened up, we, you know... I would like to brew traditional styles. Um, my partner Brad would like to brew more traditional styles. Um, a few years ago, it was more the West Coast IPA. Um, and r- kind of reluctantly, you know, when this hazy New England style came around, a lot of customers were asking us to, to kind of get into it. That's why one of the beers we're drinking is called For Science. You know, we, we brewed a New England IPA literally for science, just to see if we could do it and what the reception would be. And then that kind of led into all these offshoots of that, you know, iteration of that beer, which is a good portion of the business now, but um, we still like to do a lot of cool stuff, you know, uh, spontaneously fermented beers, barrel-aged beers. Um, we do a lot of kettle sours. This is Dubco for Science. That is Dubco for right. Science number five. So that just came out for our anniversary last week. So it's the fifth uh, version of that. It has five different New Zealand hops. It's basically the same double IPA. We rotate the hops in it. What are you using for hops? Uh, that, that was... One. Galaxy, Enigma, Motuika, Waiti, and Wakatu. Let, let's go back. I want to go back to, you know, the, the lead story was about how in your town, Sand City, you know, there's some issues with, with you know, just how busy, you know, your, your tasting room is. And I know that the laws have changed so that you can actually go to, you know, a brewery in New York State and go to the tap room. New breweries are, are basically being built around their tap rooms, and also buy things like cans and other things. So let's go back to that and just talk about how it's impacted your business. I mean, w- would you, did you guys open before that law was in effect, or was that a reason, a reason to open a brewery? No, we, we opened, uh, actually, when we were going through our licensing phase, you know, um, that law was just being enacted. So when we opened our doors, uh, we were, you know, allowed to sell pints, beer to go without having to have a separate license. That was all part of the microbrewery license. I know, you know, a few months earlier, um, it was required that you would have to have a separate retail license in order to do right. so. Yeah, Kevin so, and I opened up about six months apart from each other. Right. Yeah, so when we opened, we needed that separate re- retail license. It was in the process of getting approved where it would just be under the same umbrella. 
but that 100% you know drove our business and our business model you know us being such a small brewery we didn't have you know that kind of income from distribution it was literally tap room only and then the 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 can line could you have sold cans the same way under the under the older old license or is that under just a tap under the retail license thing? yeah you you could have sold cans on premise cans but without the re- retail license could a microbrewery formerly been able to sell cans the way you are now? I believe so. You know, it's been a few years now. I'm not, I'm not really I think, sure. Uh, I think Mike will be able to maybe say more about that because you guys are open. I know that you guys were originally a microbrewery license. Yeah, we, but we weren't, we, weren't, farm brewery. we weren't doing any distro uh, in terms of package. For so 2014, right, but, only right, but you yeah. were able to sell your we cans were, yes. retail. We yeah, were sure. able to sell. We started as bombers. It was our first. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we were. Yeah. And then what happened? I mean, the can thing just took off. That's it. So no Other one planned happened. for it. But like really, <laughs> but no fault. one planned for it. The laws were already in place. So this wasn't about regulations. This was just. It was a shift in the industry off. about you know on premise and then off premise. Growler sales were a big thing when we all kind of opened up. Um, and then, not so much anymore. Yeah, not so much, you know, because people get fresher beer, packaged beer in cans. You know, we do crowlers as well, but the, the cans really, you know. And, and I love it because people are speaking. This is what they want. Right. If they want a low, a low IBU, low bitterness IPA that's hazy and cloudy, well, you, you got to make it because that's what people want. That's what the market dictates. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, these beers are desirable. People will wait in line for them. And, you know, that's, that's what it is. And some do them better than others, some don't, but your liquid, at the end of the day, will speak for itself. Nico, do you want to sum up the, the can line thing? I mean, we all know it. People are waiting in line for cans, but... Yeah, I mean... I love cans. I'll, I'll even seek out at beer bars. Often now, I will, I will get a can rather than getting a draft. Even. I mean, look, it, it's a double-sided story. Like, I, I, I think that, it, you know, everyone wants to wait online and everyone wants these cans, but the fact is, you know, a lot of people that wait in line or can't wait online don't get access to these cans so i think a lot of breweries um you know dubco namely they've been trying to manage steps uh you know take steps to manage their lines and and how their fans access their beer um and i know gauge can speak to kind of you know those alternative methods in terms of uh can sales so that's what we've been working on, uh, Jimmy. Beer menus? Putting, yeah, beermenus.com. We've been working on a can seat pre-sale platform that will allow the breweries to bust that line culture, to, to use a startup term, disrupt line culture. So the, the consumer who can't come out... it's not fun anymore. Well, you know, you can still get the beer you want, and when it's, we, take, we make it a democratic process. If you, you can just buy the beer when you want to buy the beer. You don't have to show up at 4 p.m. on Thursday or 10 a.m. on Saturday, and if you can't wait in line, hope... Do you know why the, Brian and I worked in beer bars for so long? Why? So we didn't have to wait in line. Exactly. You know? And Industry I think, cred. You know, Sean from, right, from Six Point... I don't wait in lines. <laughs> <laughs> Shane from Six Point made a really great point when he, he put an article out in Hop Culture about their app that they were doing, that the most important thing in beer in 2018 is going to be people taking their time back. Because waiting overnight for a beer is, is Threes obscene. Is doing that? Threes is doing that, though, right? Yeah. Threes is doing yeah, yeah. pre-sale. Yeah. Are definitely doing that. yeah, there are breweries doing pre-sale, but our goal was, back, was to offer pre-sale as really simple for breweries to manage. We would take care of the legwork, but additionally... You get to tap into our six and a half million U.S.-based beer drinkers at beer menus. Wow! Right. Why can't I just go to ABC Beer Co. on Avenue C and ha- take my pick of 
all the cans in the window and the drafts they have, and there's because probably a seat you, at the bar. You have to tend to your herb garden, Jimmy. Oh, yeah. You don't have time for that. <laughs> I'm old school. I never wait in line, kids. There's, I mean, kind, there's the, kind of like like a bootleg appeal to it. So back in the 80s, you know, a lot of these bands got popular because people were bootlegging the the, the mixtapes and sending it out to their friends. Kind of like, here, it's like, oh, I'm going to go to San City. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy this four-pack. I'm going to trade it or, or send it to a friend. And guess what? There's some guy in Nebraska that has a four-pack of San City that never would have had a, before. There's a big draw getting it direct from the brewery. And additionally, I mean, I'm sure y'all will attest to this, you make more money that way, and that's always good. Yeah, and I mean, you see it in different industries as well. I mean, Supreme, you, you see it at sh- different streetwear uh, emporiums that... This is what's this is what's happening right now. I mean, brands or whether it be breweries or cupcake shops, sneakers or sneakers, they're 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 dropping um, drops, and people are waiting. <laughs> I'm, I'm available they're waiting on Saturday. For Absolutely, I'm That's available on Saturday for twenty dollars an hour. I'll stand in line at any brewery as long as for, you need for me. For Dubco going that. into this venture with, with beer menus, it was surely an availability issue, which has been our problem since day one. Like I said, you know, we're, we're pretty small, so you know. We don't have these 100, 200 case, case drops, you know. It's maybe 50 or 60. So we wanted, you know, to make the playing field kind of fair for everybody. You know, even even with limits and even, you know, if even if I limited one can, it's still only 50 cases is not much beer to get out to the public. You know, so the first couple we did, and, you know, if we release at 4 o'clock on a Thursday, 5 o'clock on a Thursday, people are still at work and the beer is gone. You know, like, it just sucks for everybody. So this kind of evens the playing field, especially, you know, for us, it's, it's availability. I get the whole line culture and everything that goes along with it. But um, it was surely just to help us and to help our customers. We'd have regular customers who wouldn't even get the beer. You know, the people I see every day, in and out every day. But there's something cool to see in that, though. Like, oh, I just saw somebody check in my beer from Washington State. That How the hell did they get that? Because a friend sent that to them. Right. And they were completely wrong in reviewing it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's true. And in true, the end, like, they didn't treat it right either. I mean, there are positives I don't, I don't and read negatives. reviews. I don't read on tap reviews. Don't do that. I'm an outlier. Uh, you, have, you have cropping to do, Jimmy. Um, <laughs> but uh, no, there are positives and negatives to line culture. Like I, you know, I did, before I did the article with uh, Sand City, I did the article with Shane and, you know, Six Points New App. I, I see the argument for both sides. Um, so, you know, it, it's a complex issue, definitely. And, you know, I think brewers are, you know... No, and I, I'm really happy that you wrote that article and, and we got to meet these guys. Let's do a quick wrap-up. Um, first, the last beer, some, someone's New England IPA. I don't even know who it was. There's like 17. It's the white that's label. Actually, uh, no, that's, 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 that's a collaboration uh, oh, yeah, the, for locals to locals. Oh, this is the local to local. So we teamed up with a bunch of breweries, and it's all Long Island-based. It's four Long Island Home D's and Long Island retail stores that sell beer. And it's basically uh, coming together and making a beer for the retailers. It's only available there. We're not selling for Long, Al- Long Island Beer Week or something else? No, it's just, it's just in, in general. general. And every brewery is gonna actually going to have. So we started off where all of us got together. All the breweries involved got together um, and you know, just brewed a New England-style IPA. Sent it out to the, to the to the Home D's, and now I think Greenport was the next one to brew it solo shot, and then every brewery is going to have their but own. I don't understand. It's the same so label. This is no, no, um, it's they're different. They're different labels. So this was a who brewed this one? This was under collaboration of all the breweries involved. So this basically Island. is in retaliation to um, Total Wine coming to Westbury on Long Island. So Total Wine is basically a, a nationwide conglomerate, kind of a Home Depot of wine and liquor. So um, they had such competitive pricing. It, you know, it was literally half price of you know a Home D that's in the same neighborhood, 
And that's that's their MO. They just come in, you know, destroy the prices, put everybody out of business, and then they jack them back up. So this is like, you know, uh, a collaboration between other local businesses, you know, beer distributors, you know, uh, home home D's and local breweries to try and combat, you know, this this type of And what is it? Lower priced? Yeah, they said they wouldn't be undercut. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So that's like Wow. Last time we we talked there was like the the, the Sandy Relief beer. Yeah, that was that was many, many moons ago. Yeah, so since then <laughs> it's been almost six years. We're trying to help out these other local family owned Long Island businesses that have been around for This is profound. So so how are you able to, to come together and make it cheaper? Um, well, it's it's not necessarily cheaper. Does it, and does it ever have the name of the brewery on it? Have, it's yeah, exclusively it's for exclusively the selected homies. Yeah. So if, if somebody that owns like a Seven Eleven or a national chain like Total Wine comes in and tries to buy our product, we're going to say, "Listen, this is just specifically for our local, you know, family-owned businesses." This let me isn't l- for let you me guys. give you a very very quick backstory. So we we brewed a beer for Total Wine, ironically, because they reached out to us and said, "Hey, we'll purchase." 300 cases, can you make the beer? And like, yeah, well, yeah, we're not going to give you any discounts. Sure, you want to make it? If you can take it, sure. And then there was some backlash from a certain a couple Home D's who were... What's you know, a Home D? A home distributor. Uh, a local beer yeah, distributor. Like a yeah, beer. a local beer distributor. Okay. Yeah. So, but, but customers, you know, people that have been doing business with Barrier since day one. But it was, I think it was more, uh, it was obviously just a misunderstanding, a misconception what happened. So then we got together, we talked, like, all right, listen, we didn't, we didn't realize that. We totally get that. If we ask for it, you do it first too. So I said, "Yeah, well, why don't we do it? Why don't we do one for you?" So then it just escalated to having a select amount of Long Island breweries that come together. So which Long Island breweries are making this together? Says it on the can, and I have to get it. Hey, you got to read it. This is a big story, man. I think Nika, did we beat you on this? We have Barrier Destination Unknown, Great South Bay, Greenport Harbor, Oyster Bay, Sand City, and Spider Bite. This is awesome story, man. Thanks for bringing it on air. Is this meant to be like a line of of Product yes, so it, it's so our, our first beer was the overall collaboration, which involved all of our breweries, and then there's going to be single beers by every single. Right, so brewery next month is actually a Greenport Harbor that's going to hit. You know, for uh, for June, I want to say July might be Oyster Bay. August, I think we're involved in. Yeah. Uh, so every month, these guys are going to get a new drop from each of these breweries involved. The this first is way one, bigger than a Long Island Beer Week. This is like this a is, new way of looking at business. It's it's you know. Us helping out the people who helped us from the beginning, these local home, you know, beer distributors, you know, giving back to us, you know, saying, look, we'll exclusively carry you guys. We've been there since day one, and we're trying to help them out. I'm going to toast to that. It reminds me of a movie I saw, I think, called Beer Culture, about all the uh, independent craft breweries in Colorado, like six or seven years ago. Artie Lang was in there, right? What's that? Artie Lang was in there, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) To support all the, uh, yeah, all the... uh, it was Local just good to see something that could have story. turned to a negative turn to a positive. <laughs> Absolutely. This is a huge project. I want to just say it one more time, Mike, exactly what it is, because this is hot shit. Local to locals. Shout out to Andrew Preston. Andrew Preston from... From where? From uh, Hicksville. H- Hicksville, Hicksville Beer Soda. All right. And then, Kevin, you're, you're down with this. It's a pretty cool project, right? Yeah, it's great. I mean, I think... Uh, so little guys coming together to sell to other little guys, and this is a model that people could use around the country, right? Yeah, keep little small independent sellers with independent breweries. Absolutely, this is you know it's our backyard, so um, we want to make sure that that everybody involved who's helped us grow, you know we can uh, we can help them grow. Okay, so and and I I think people will be excited for it. Absolutely. So do 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 you have to make as a brewery if you're doing this model? Do you have to make a light a light lager? (laughs) No. 
<laughs> no, this I, think was, it's uh, what, I think it's what the people want. Yep. This was a, a double IPA. So, yeah, this uh, was, yeah. The next one, uh, I want to say, is an IPL. IPL, but um, it's going to be hoppy. Yeah. It's going to be hazy. It's going to be, yeah, what people... Right, and ours no is... No one's going to say no to it. Ours is clearly going to be a, a rosemary, hibiscus, some sort of... It. Something from the, from the herb garden. Don't forget so, the guava. <laughs> you're going you're gonna to be fishing in, in uh, Carboni's uh, garden. It's all right. I already got a garden. These guys are going to come over. We'll do collaborative gardening, you know. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. That's the future. He's trying to cut us off. But, Nico, uh, let's wrap it up. Thanks for bringing out, um, you know, these guys. I've I've been wanting to to meet Sand City. It's actually the first time I've tried your beer in Dubco, too. So it's one of my perks. Um, Yeah. Any next stories coming up or anything, Nico, that we should... Uh, I'm actually working on a story about Houston's New England IPA stock... New England style. Sorry, too many, uh, too many drinks. Um, I'm working on a story about Houston's NEIPA scene. All right, and I think we've all had a lot of beer. Um, and then this guy, Bill, you poured me another beer. I don't even know what it is. Is this uh, something I, we already drank? I have no idea what I poured you. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's let's beer. say that it's uh, Watch the Throne, another collaboration from uh, Sand City and Barrier. Boom. Um, Nico, I mean, I think the real story that you have to go after, and I've spoken to you about this, is, um, you know, every week we get a, a request for labels from, you know, Eastern European countries. And I think there's something going on over there. I think they're bootlegging beer. Really? Are you yeah, ser- I think, I, this is a serious question. Are they? Yeah, I'm, I'm straight up serious. They're requesting man. labels, but not beer. We every every week I get an email from a place. You got that in, same one from Bratislava, bro, dude. Bratislava, yeah. double Bratislava, bro. So, so right. do they want like one or they, they want, want labels? A roll? They want the whole thing, man. I think that I think this is a whole thing that you can. Wow, blow their wide craft open. beer like industry this doesn't is... want to make their own. They just want to copy yours. I think they just want to make a beer and then use and the label. And then just put the labels on it. Put, yep. out a, put out a shitty Pilsner and label it a hazy double IPA. Why would they request <laughs> your labels? Why don't they just pull it offline? Or... Dude, come on, man. Our <laughs> label's legit. I mean, I don't know. Do you I know how much toner is, uh... costs? <laughs> in Eastern yeah. Europe? But all joking aside, I mean, that's that's for real. I mean, that's a tip, Nico. Wow. For free. Just one more thing. Thanks they actually want to buy your labels. No, they want them for free. Yeah, Naturally. Come on. But you know what? All joking aside... Uh, you know, Nico puts the miles in, you know, and he's a great writer and he kind of shows up uh, thanks, um, and dude. he, right. Everyone knows that he shows up on like a Saturday, Sunday morning to hang. And out. he looks damn good in a suit. <laughs> like I, I've seen him in suit. his other, other clothing, but like right now <laughs> I, I would get an herb garden with him in a second. Kevin, I would plant rosemary somewhere with you. <laughs> no lemongrass. You'd plant in Ridgewood. You'd go home. Oh. oh. Let's wrap it up, kids. <laughs> All Literally, right. wrap it up, kids. Started, Shit's man. Always weird. wrap it up. Anything, Dubco? Anything going on with you guys? Uh, just uh, want to shout out next. Uh, well, this Saturday, May nineteenth, we're doing a charity event at the brewery for the Dana Farber Foundation. Uh, it's a ticketed event. If you can stop by, come down. It's for a good cause. What town are you in? Yeah. We're in Bayshore, Long Island, New York State, and New uh, York State, Planet Earth. And, and we have an event coming up uh, this uh, Sunday. Right, May twentieth at Hoyt Farms of Smithtown, uh, dedication to a uh, former firefighter and uh, U.S. soldier, uh, Chris Raguso, who uh, who was d- killed in the line of service. Oh man! Uh, yeah, so hats off. And we out. we brewed a beer for it called Sixth Wave because he did six uh, six waves in uh, in Afghanistan. So um, that beer will be exclusively released there as well. It's uh, nice, and it's open to it's open to the public. It's open to families, 
And, um, and you know, and Barrett, can you top that? I mean, <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on, how do you top something like that? No, but I am going to plug Long Island Beer Week. We have a couple of events. Oh, yeah. Morrison's in Plainville tomorrow night. Hoptron on Thursday. Um, I got something else in Long in Freeport. Sat- Saturday, we got Five Borough Craft Beer Fest at the uh, well. Five Borough Craft Beer Fest in yeah, Brooklyn at the, well. at the well. All right. You guys there? Who's who's all yeah, there? Yeah, we'll be there. Yep. Beautiful. Cheers. Well, cheers to yep. you guys, and um, thanks, thanks for having for coming us. On. I'll just say this, that um, coming up July 18th, New York City Brewer's Choice. It's it's invite only. Oh, it's going to be a little choice. scale back this year, and uh, a special event that's been going on since t- uh, 2000. Where is it at this year? It's going to be in Williamsburg on the waterfront. Love it. Nice. Wow. All right. And uh, big shout out. Thanks to our engineer, David Tatashore. Uh, Justin Kennedy, our producer. Thank you, Justin, for wrangling all these guys, bro. This is a great show. Justin. Justin. Nico Kremitas for uh, writing that article. And uh, I'm Jimmy Carboni. We'll catch you next time on Your Sasses Radio. All right. right Woo! Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.